0: The greatest dreamer on earth is God. You think you're a dreamer? You think Joseph in the Bible was a dreamer? Amateurs. God was a great dreamer. He sat enthroned in the eternal heavens. He looked out over the velvet blackness of the night. Only pinpricks of light would be seen. And he spoke the world into existence. And when he did, he created creatures made in his image, mankind. He said, they're going to be like me. They won't be me, but they'll be like me in so many ways that, in fact, nothing will be impossible for them. In fact, Jesus would pick up that same thing, theme when he said that, if you believe, nothing shall be impossible for you. We tend to look at our dreams and we think they're for another day or for another person. But the dreams that God put in your heart are the dreams that he wants you to pursue. When those dreams line up with the word of God, with the will of God, with the power of God, you're going to see dreams and visions answered in your life. I was told when I was growing up I was a daydreamer. That was a negative thing in my school. I think what that was was code for he doesn't really pay attention. It's true. I knew so much more than all my teachers. Many of you were like that. We only found out later we didn't. But I found it easy to be distracted and think about what could be. And I would imagine worlds that didn't exist, and I would see things that nobody would see. I'd write papers that were so far out there the teachers would compliment me on the creativity but grade me down because of my literary ability to find and correct and edit my work. In fact, I was told by an eighth grade teacher after I turned in a paper with no name on it, which she complimented, she said this is a very creative paper. In fact, it's the most creative paper in the classroom. And when I raised my hand, In pride, really, thinking I've done well, she said, but you should never be a writer because you don't have a good grasp of the language. Little did I know at that time you could hire people to do that. I don't know what she's doing now, but I hope if she's in heaven, I hope she is. I hope she's looking down from heaven and she realizes that I've written 11 books And I hired an editor for all of them. Amen. Amen. She was right about one thing. But you think about God being a great dreamer, and you're a great dreamer. What is it in your mind right now and in your heart right now, you said, if only that could happen? But then you start making a list of why it can't happen. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the connections. I mean, the, really, the list is always the same for everybody. I can't, I can't, I can't, and then you're also joined by friends who remind you that they tried and they couldn't either, and they bring you down from your dream. I want to encourage you today to be a dreamer, and I want to talk to you about dreaming. Israel would leave the land of Egypt. They'd been in bondage for over 400 years, and God would lead them out by a man by the name of Moses who was a dreamer. He saw things that others didn't see. In fact, he was standing in front of a bush that spoke. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. And he reminded him, Moses, take off your shoes, for the ground upon which you stand is holy ground. And he heard God say to him, I want you to lead my people out. Imagine this. You're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him we're getting out of Dodge. But he was a dreamer, and he believed God. began to see God unfold that. And as they led the people out, a journey that would have only taken 11 days had they gone the straight route, it ended up taking them 40 years because they forgot the dream. See, some of the things you're dreaming about, God wanted to do 20 years ago, five years ago, one year ago, but you forgot the dream. You lost sight of who was in charge of the dream. You lost sight of what was possible in the power of Almighty God. Don't think because your dream isn't the biggest dream in town, it's not a great dream. You see, if it's big to you, it's significant to you, then it's big to God and significant to God. Most people that dream don't ever believe they're going to see the dream happen, but it does. You don't know how. You wake up one day and you go, wow, this is what I've been praying about or dreaming about. This is what I've been hoping for. Now it's a reality. You see, we underestimate what we we can do in five years, but we overestimate what we can do in one year. A lot of people said a one-year dream, one-year goal. Most of those fail. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Most dreams take longer than that to cultivate. But if you'll be patient and you'll be faithful every single day, you're going to begin to see dreams come to reality. So now Israel is right up to the Jordan River. This is where we left you last week in chapter 3, Joshua. And all of a sudden, in chapter 4, they're crossing over. They're going into the promised land. We could call it the dream land if you wanted to. They were going into a new place, a place that was said to be filled with milk and honey, with giant grapes, And but they were in mind, there were giants in the land. You see, when you start casting dreams, the giants show up. And they come at unexpected times. But don't worry, if God was behind your dream, the giants will fall at your feet. Amen? Amen. All right, let me give give you a few thoughts for today. Dreams are the beginning of the journey. You can't get on a journey without a dream. You ever gone on vacation? You imagine loading the family in a car? Where are we going, Dad? I don't know. When are we going to get there? Doesn't matter. If you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter if you're going to get there. Well, which route are we are going to take? I don't know. Let's just try a couple of them at one time. And yet, that sounds so crazy, and yet that's how most people live their life. Their wandering generality is not seeing what's in front of them and not believing God for what they want to see God do. In Joshua chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, It came to pass. It came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over. I love that phrase because he reminds us that that all the people crossed and they completely crossed over, meaning there weren't some still left in the ditch. You see, God had parted the Jordan River and allowed them to walk over as on dry land into the promised land. And it goes on to say, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here. So they took these stones from the, from the bottom of the river. And notice how the genius here, we want a representative from every tribe. We want every person to be a part of this, and you're going to take this stone out of what God just did. You see, new miracles always come from the miracles that God did before. See, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you hear a prophetic word, when you hear somebody give a testimony like you just heard this morning, that should inspire you to say, if God can work there, God can work in me. You see, that's, that's a reminder that you say, well, I'm looking for a, a, a miracle. You just should have been inspired by one. She didn't tell us what the other two breakthroughs were. She didn't have to. It was only enough just to hear that there were breakthroughs happening. There were things they were praying about. God was working in their life. That inspires me. Amen? I mean, I began, I woke up and just when she was saying that, I said, yeah, we need to buy another building. You see, because you never stop dreaming. I believe everything is possible. I just believe everything is possible. I expect a miracle. Amen? Amen? And you know what, guess what? I go down the road, and so have you ever been disappointed? Yes, I've been redirected. I've had things I was believing God for, and he's either slowed me down or or redirected me. But you see, I never stop dreaming. I am a consummate daydreaming fool. I just love it. I'll say something to Tammy, and she'll say, well, I don't know, but I say, I don't, I just believe it's happening. I do, and I'm not faking it. I think some people fake dreams. I don't. I really believe them. I mean, when I watch Spider-Man, I am Spider-Man. Amen? I don't look as good in tights, but I'm telling you, I am Spider-Man. Superman. I am Superman. I am all those people. I never grew out of that stage of my life. I don't believe God wants us to grow out of those stages in our life. Look what he says. Take the 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan. Place them where the priest's feet stood firm you shall carry them over and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight so I want you to take a memorial stone from the miracle and I want you to sleep on it I want you to embrace it I want it to be a part of your life I don't want you to get too far from the miracle you get too far from the miracle you think there's no miracles If you don't memorialize your miracles, you'll forget about your miracles, and then you'll begin to question whether God can work miracles in your life. You see, God wants to work fresh miracles every day, but he's going to use as a basis the miracles that he did yesterday. Amen? Put your hands together. Give glory to God. What I love about this story is that Joshua included everyone in his dream. You see, that's a key to dreaming. And, and by the way, what I'm gonna give you today is gonna to be as helpful in your personal life as it will be in your business life. Because you think about it, dream's the beginning of a journey. You're starting a business, then dream. What would you want to see? Don't see the obstacles, see the opportunities. Include everyone in your dream. Come on in, listen to my dream. This is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna do. Would you like to be a part of my dream? When people tell you their dreams, ask if you can be a part of their dream. There's something exciting about being a part of a dream, amen? amen? And then unify your team. He unified the team by telling them all to go get a stone. You go out and pick out your stone. Can you imagine that? You're going out there and you're looking and go, I, I like, well, no, that, I was head my eye on that one. Well, I'm, okay, go ahead. <laughs> but you see, they were unify, he was unifying the team. I love the words of Lester Summerall. He said, God will never give you a dream that you can accomplish on your own. Quit trying. Quit trying. Well, I, I just want to do it all on my own. Well, then you'll probably fail. You probably will. Nobody has a dream that succeeds on their own. Do you realize your entire future is dependent on somebody else? You're in sales? Well, you've got to sell something to somebody for them to pay you a salary so you can go forward. Every part of your future is dependent on someone else. But the question is, will you maximize all those people in your life and allow them to maximize you in their life so that dreams get fulfilled? Someone has said in the past if you help enough other people get in life what they want, then they will help you get in life what you want. There's something about shared dreams, amen? There's just something good about it. You see, also, dreams unfold in stages. Sometimes I've got an idea, I don't know where it's going but I got an idea and I just kind of start writing it down or I just start thinking about it and, and, and it just develops and it crystallizes a little bit. And you have to let dreams unfold. are really, you're gonna get the perfect dream the first shot. And you're gonna find a way to navigate through those dreams. Some of you right now, you're, you're, you're half listening to me because already you're spinning in your mind with your dreams. That's what we want you to do. We want you to half listen. We just don't want you to not listen, amen? All right. Joshua chapter four, verses 19 and 20. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Isn't it interesting that the the Holy Spirit is so specific in reminding us about the importance of dates? Well, why wouldn't he just say they came up? Because he wanted us to remember the 10th day of the first month. Why? Because they could go back and remember and look on the calendar and say, remember then? It was the 10th day. It was the first month. In fact, even in salvation, many of you know the exact day and hour that you were saved. Now, it's not necessary that you know that, but it's helpful. I know the day that I was saved. I know the day I was baptized because I wrote it down. And I can go back to that day. God, I remember when on that day that you saved me, that you came into my life. Those are important. And notice what else is, and they camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. Gilgal, interesting. There's actually four different areas known as Gilgal in the Bible, and all of these cities are in the shape of a foot. What's the significance of that? I don't know, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> Maybe the significance of it was that they built them to remind themselves of walking around Jericho because Gilgal was the staging point for Jericho where they would walk around one time every day and six times on, or seven times on the seventh day. Maybe it was significant. Maybe it was significant, so significant, Gilgal was, that remember it was God when Elijah was, was helping Elisha learn how to be a prophet and Elisha said, you know, give me a double portion of your spirit and he says, if you see me when I go, then it will be given unto you. It was at Gilgal that Elijah was taken up into the heavens. For 350 years, Gilgal would be the center of administration for the kingdom. Gilgal has a lot of significance. Gilgal also means a circle. Isn't it interesting that they walked around Jericho? You see, God puts little gems in the scripture just to kind of remind you that he's God and he's got some little details for you and sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper to figure out what they are. And it says, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, they set up where? In Gilgal. You see, Gilgal was the staging point for the campaign to, to take the promised land. You need a staging point in your life. You need a place that says, this is where I'm going to launch my dream. This is a place where I'm going to gather all the details together, and and from here I'm going to spread out, and I'm going to see God do some amazing things in my life. You need a Gilgal in your life just as much as you need a Jericho in your life. You need them both. Because if you try to function without a Gilgal, you don't have that administrative kind of structure to work from, and you rush into Jericho and Maybe you don't succeed. See, it would be the next town called Ai that they would fail because they thought it was all about them and not about God. You see, when your dreams aren't, when you don't remind yourself it's all about God, then your dreams will fail. Oh, you might have some measure of success, but not what God wanted to do. See, God wants to do way beyond, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all you could ever ask or think, right? Ephesians 3.20. Or do you want him to just kind of let you get, tip your, his hat to you and give you a little bit? A lot or a little? You know what it is? It's just as easy to believe God for big stuff and little stuff. I like to believe God for a parking spot close to their grocery store. (laughs) Have you ever noticed, uh, over here there's 24-hour fitness. Have you ever noticed how close everyone parks to 24-hour fitness? Don't you find that funny? They're going there to exercise, but they want to get a good parking place so they don't have to walk too far to go work out. I think that's funny. Now, it makes sense for me, because I don't want to work out. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense for people who like to work out. See, dreams unfold in stages. You gotta realize your dream. I, I wanna show you an image here, and I think this is such a great picture. We found this when we closed on uh, the building last week. And uh, I, I want you to, to notice that the image, it, it, if you can see over there where it says sight, Those are two vacant lots. 20 years ago, this was a vacant lot, and then the lot next door was a vacant lot. All right? Now, what's happening here is that, yeah, bring that down. That looks, there we go. 20 years before the dream, we had a dream to start a church. We didn't even know about it. I didn't even live here 20 years ago. But 20 years ago, there was a vacant lot, and God knew there was going to be a dream unfold in this area. You see, there's some vacant lots in your life. Do you hear me? There's some vacant lots in your life that God wants to build on. I can't see it yet. That's okay. I didn't see it either 20 years ago. But you see, you cultivate that. You let that dream unfold in stages. And what do you gotta do? There's there's four things here I put down. You have to see it first. You gotta see that dream. Can you see it yet? It's one thing to speak, it's another thing to see it. Can you see that dream? The next thing you gotta do is you gotta engage it. You gotta look into it and say, okay, how do I, how do I get, make this, this become a part of my life? I'm gonna engage it. You ever engage, you ever been engaged to be married? You get a ring, this is a commitment. I'm engaged to be married. God almost said, I want you to get an engagement with your dream. I want you to put a ring on it. I want you to be reminded this is happening. It's not yet, but it's happening. And I'm gonna, it's going to cost me something to engage it. You see, when you get an engagement ring, it costs you something. I remember going out and buying the engagement ring. Then I had to work all summer to pay for it. Right? It was an engagement ring. Of course, since that time, there's been multiple upgrades. <laughs> These things happen. But it costs you something. See, your dreams are going to cost you something, but they're also going to remind you of something. You put it on the finger there, you see the engagement goes on there. Oh, yeah, look at there. I remember when she was engaged, and she didn't have the engagement ring on. I said, what's going on? I spent a lot of money for that. I want to see it. <laughs> oh, I put lotion on my hands and took it. off. No, you don't take it off the lotion and the ring go together. Amen? I mean, it was probably only about $400, but for me, it was a lot of money. Amen? All right, see, and then you've got to manage it. So once you you engage your dream, you've got to start managing it. Okay, what do I do today? 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 Because i I want to get to the place where the dream is realized. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. And then you're going to realize that dream. You're going to go, wow, look. Look what happened. Look what happened. I can remember years ago, not that many years ago, actually, years ago, I, uh, we were dreaming about a home that would be a Tuscan-style home. And I wanted green windows. Well, frames, not the windows. You don't understand what I'm saying. Some of you are so literal. And you know what? Four years ago, in February, we bought a home that we never should have been able to get, God bless us with it, gave us a home that's Tuscan style, and guess what color window frames it has? Yes. Guess, one guess. Green. green, you're right. I didn't even think about it until after we moved in. It's got green frames. You see, some things that you, you, you see God do, you don't even know what he's doing. You, you just go, wow, you know, this is this and this, and this, this is what I was praying for. All right, let me show you the next ba- picture here. Look at this. So now here's the building we're in right now. And you notice that when we bought this, you see people all around it? They're holding hands. We're going to do that on the new building on the 13th. We're, this time we had an airplane do it, but now we're going to get a drone. Things have come a long way. It means it's cheaper is what that means, right? But you think about that building there, and it's, we're on two and a half acres, and we've got people circling this whole thing. Reminding them of the dream. Of the dream. We bought that building for $2.9 million. We don't even know how we were able to do it. It was just a miracle. We had failed after failed attempts at getting loans. 113 different loan companies were contacted. Loan sharks, crooks, everything. Hey, when you need some money, you'll talk to anybody. You know, I mean, we did give up a couple of firstborn children, but you know what? They promised to bring them back. You know, now this property is worth $8.6 million. We didn't see that coming. We get at least one contact a month to buy this building. I don't even return the call. What am I going to do? I got the building. This is, this is where the dream was. You see, you don't ever sell your dream. Some people sell their dream. And, they, and then, they, then with regret, they think, I, I sold my dream. It was my dream. It's what I had in my heart. My mom was an artist. She started painting in oils when she was 50, had no background in it whatsoever. If you've ever seen any of them, you know she's really, really accomplished. She would never sell them. My dad was always trying to sell them. She said, I can't because it's 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 just part of me. What part of you are you trying to sell? You'll always regret it if you sell you. Be honest to you. You see, your identity is formed in your past, not in your future. I'm just trying to find myself. You're already there. Just look back. People spend their life trying to find themselves, figure themselves out. All you got to do is look at your past. That's your identity. And then every day you're building on that identity. It's not something weird like I, you know I'm gonna just peel away another layer and I'm gonna find me. No, you peel it away like a piece, of, like an onion. You're just gonna have more tears. Quit peeling. Enjoy where you've been. That's your identity. You see, your identity in Christ is only secure because of what Jesus did in the past. Are you with me on this? Amen? All right. You got to, now look at this next picture. Those two vacant lots. Now look at them. Now we've got two parts of the dream. We've got a few more buildings to buy. Those those one-story ones over here, those are what I'm praying about now. Because, see, eventually what we'll do is we'll buy another building, one story, put all our children in there, and then we'll take every wall out of this, and this whole thing will be a worship center. That was our plan. That was our dream. So the, Amen? So the post office was a temporary assistance to help us buy this building. So we lease space to them because that's how you get to the dream. You can't do it by yourself. We needed the post office to give us a little money every month. Bodie Leaf to give us a little money every month. See? And that's how you get the dream, other people. You can't do it alone. You begin to see it. Then there comes a point at which, you know, you just begin to f- realize the full dream. you got to memorialize your dreams. Do you remember the dreams that God has answered, the, the visions and the prayers that God has answered? Look at Joshua chapter 4, verse 21-24. When your children ask the fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? It's the same line that really comes out of the Passover. You know, when your children arrive, why do we do this? You just remind them about the crossing the Red Sea. So when your children begin to ask, what's going on here? Why do we go to church? Well, we don't. We have soccer. They're going to memorialize soccer, and that's going to be what they're going to carry out in their lifetime. I know I'm getting on a little shaky ground here. You're feeling a little hurt. Have you ever noticed how parents are more motivated for sports than their kids are? Well, I'm going to get him in this, get him in that, get him in that. I remember we had two kids. They're they're 18 months apart, two kids in two different soccer teams. Now, I don't know what it is with soccer. It's like we're going to practice every day, we're going to have a game on Saturday and Sunday, and we're going you know, going through all this stuff. You know, and you just, finally, you're going to this field. You're going to that field. And finally, you find yourself praying for a minor injury on in one child. I don't want to think serious, God, just enough to keep him out for a week. I need a break. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen? You know what I'm talking about. Put your hands together. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you just, you just can't believe what I'm saying. And then you then you see the parents on the sidelines and you know you know why they're so passionate? Because they were failed athletes growing up. <laughs> Successful athletes don't act like that. The ones that failed and they're trying to live out their dream in their child, and their child may not want to do that dream. Listen to your kid. What does your kid want to do? Then you shall say to your ch- let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over the Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did in the Red Sea. See, now they bring them back even further to shape their identity. God took us through the Red Sea. God took us through the Jordan. Guess what? There are more rivers to cross there are more mountains to climb. God isn't done. I'm telling you, God wants to take you and your children through the difficulties and the challenges, and he's going to take you through on dry land. He's going to bring you to the other side, and you're going to be victorious. You're going to look back, and you're going to shape the identity of yourself and your children in an amazing way. And it says, before us until we had crossed over, and why did he do it? Look at the word that. It's the most important word in that scripture in that section, that all the people of the earth may know the hand of God. You know why you see dreams realized? So other people know what God can do. Isn't that good? You, you, you thought it was about you. No, it's about people of the earth knowing what God can do. That he, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Wow, the beginning of knowledge. What? is to fear the Lord. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, Proverbs says. I want to I want other people to know about my God. He's a miracle working God. I want to grow in the fear of the Lord. The respect of the Lord is what that means. I want to honor the Lord and I want to I want to just be speaking those words that God is forever my God. Amen. And I'm going to trust him. Oh, there are times when it doesn't look like it's gonna work, where you're gonna get through, where you're going you think you're gonna fail. Things aren't gonna happen in your life. Stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem tough you mustn't quit. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to the faint and faltering one who learns too late how close he was to the golden crown. So rest if you must, but don't you quit. Don't quit. Just say with me, don't quit. You said it like you meant it, like you were going to quit. Don't quit. Doesn't that feel better? I'm not going to quit. Huh? I didn't hear you. I'm not going to quit. I remember when I was in seventh grade, there was a guy down the street named Billy. My dad called him Billy Bump. I don't know why. Billy was a giant of a man. Had a beard in eighth grade. And I remember one time, Billy, I said something smart to Billy, and uh, he challenged me to a fight. I didn't want to fight Billy. He was about 400 pounds, big red beard. I was a little seventh grader. Years later, I'd get hair under my arms. Billy was already a man. I said, all right, Billy, I'll, I'll take you up on your, but we're gonna fight in my front yard. He didn't care where he beat me up, but I had a secret weapon. I had my mom. My mom was in the house. When your mom is in the house, it's going to be okay. Amen? Well, Billy took me down. I was down in, I don't know, five seconds. He got me down. He was he had his knees on my shoulders. He was bending my fingers back. I was crying like a baby. My mom came out with a broom, whacked old Billy. It was a new day. Mama's in the house, amen? Just say, mama's in the house. Can you say it with me? Mama's in the house. She's gonna take care of you. You know what you do with your children when you tell them about the miracles? You stir up curiosity. You start te- Keep telling your children, and, and regardless whether they're adult children or young children, tell them about what God has done. Recall the miracle. You know what that means? Bring it back into the present. Let me tell you about the miracle. Let me tell you about the miracle. Recall the miracle and give God all the glory all the way. Just It's all about God. Put your hands together. Let's give God the glory. Give Him the glory.